Hello, real world. I'm Emily. And I'm Carol. And in this podcast, we talk about our journey as two 21-year-olds navigating the tech scene, school, relationships, and making it through the real world. Hi, and welcome back to our podcast. I'm really excited for this episode because in addition to being in person with Emily for the first time in like four, four months, five months, eight months, in eight months, um, we also have some very special guests, two of my really close friends that I made over the summer um, when I was in Seattle for an internship. So before we get into the the conversation, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Maybe like your name, where you go to school, and like a fun fact. (laughs) Do you want to go first, Michael? Sure, I can go first. Hi, my name is Michael. Um, I am a senior at Rice University right now, and I um, worked with Carol over the summer. A fun fact about me is that... I have double-jointed elbows. And <clears throat> hello, everyone. I'm Larry. Uh, I'm a senior at Duke University. Um, I also interned with Carol on the same team this past summer. Uh, and I guess a fun fact for me is the university I go to, Duke, is closer to home than my high school. Um, so I've been oh, in wow. North Carolina for the most majority of my life. Right. So for people who don't know U.S. geography, <laughs> Larry is like in the Mideast part, right? Of the uh, States? I'm, yeah, I guess technically Southeast, but. Yeah. Southeast. Wait, is North Carolina still in the South? <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're also learning U.S. geography. We are, we are in the South because we have Virginia above us and then West Virginia. And then I think that's kind of where it cuts okay. off. Oh, okay. So you guys are like, but we're right not like, under, like very far. We're not like Florida or like Georgia. You know? Yeah, right. Alabama. I'm just like imagining people like drawing this map in their head because like to us we have like our hands, but to them it's just this audio clip. Um, mm. And then Texas is just like the south, like southernmost. <laughs> state. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Where are you um, originally from, Michael? Or like, where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, so deep south. I've been there my whole life. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't, yeah, Alabama is also in the south for people who don't know. It's to the, to the west of Georgia, and Georgia's on the east coast. Cool. Um, but yeah, and I guess, like, we don't really have to... (laughs) I think most people who listen to our podcast know that we're... Um, from Canada and we study at the University of Waterloo, specifically systems design engineering. But um, the reason why we brought up like our program and our school um, in the intros is because um, that kind of introduces us into the topic that we're going to be discussing today. So during our internship, me, Michael and Larry had a lot of deep talks and <laughs> um, one of the comp- or one of the topics of conversation was, sort of comparing the differences between college experiences and culture. And we thought that it'd be really interesting for other people to tune in on as well, just because when I was hearing about like races, like party culture and Larry's experiences in a frat, I was like, wow, like that's so different from what we've experienced. 
Um, and I, I, part of me wished that we had more <laughs> of what they had, I guess. Um, but, you know, there are pros and cons, I guess, to, like, these different types of uh, cultures. So I guess to start off, we can start off with some more, like, functional differences or, like, just, like, general differences between uh, maybe, like, the application process or the way that you be- choose your major. Because I know that for most schools, I think, in the States, you kind of do freshman year without like a major right like you kind of join like generally I don't think I'm using the right terms but like you kind of pick your major after freshman year whereas in Canada like most of the programs you apply to in high school so there's not that much of a like deciding phase in university um so what was that like for you guys like did you know what you wanted or where you wanted to apply in high school um and then when you were in freshman year like did you sort of like try out a bunch of things or were you really sure of what you wanted to major in yeah i guess for me i i think definitely talking to you carol like and i guess other canadians um in seattle (laughs) it seems like the main differences in terms of like our programs and stuff is that for majority of like um universities in america we don't um we don't declare our major until usually at the end of sophomore year uh and like when we apply we do like we can specify like what we think that we're going to major in or we can like even leave it like undeclared um but we have a lot of flexibility i guess going in like when i was going in i had no idea that i would be like doing data science or doing stats so i think I think I really like that, though. Like, it gives you a lot of flexibility to, like, try out different classes in freshman year and then uh, kind of decide what you want to study and, like, what your career is going to be in by sophomore year. So are you a stats major? Yeah, I'm a uh, statistics and computer science double major. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, um, for me, it's, like, it was, like, the same thing, basically. Like, at Rice, you... Like, when I applied to Rice, um, there was, like, a question that was like, oh, like, what is your, what are your, like, top three, like, intended majors, um, and so I, like, chose three things. I didn't really know what I wanted to do at all when I was applying to places, um, and so, but that really didn't have very much, like, meaning, really, um, because, like, once you get to Rice and you, like, pick your classes during orientation week, you can, like, switch, like, so many people switch their majors, like, during like when they're picking classes they're like oh actually I didn't want to do what I like applied as um that was like the same thing for me like I applied as like an applied math major and then when I was picking classes I was like an econ major and then after a couple months I was like actually I don't like econ at all (laughs) and so I switched multiple different times and so like same thing as what Larry said we don't have to actually declare our major until the spring of sophomore year it's extremely common for people to just be switching their majors like all over the place, even after sophomore year. Like you just have to like have a major declared and then you can change that if you want to afterwards or like add a major, drop one, that kind of thing. So I ended up now I'm a statistics and sport analytics double major and I didn't decide that until actually after the spring semester my sophomore year because I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I declared like several different majors like i declared stats and cs and sport analytics and then i i dropped cs um and yeah that's really nice i kind of wish we had that flexibility i remember when i was in grade 12 i was like how am i supposed to know what i want to do for the rest of my life at 16 years old like what do like these different majors even mean what do you even do in these different programs and 
Yeah, I wish we had that flexibility because coming into engineering, like right in first year, you like kind of miss out on a pretty big side of like, mm-hmm. we don't have to take any more like English classes. We don't really have to take any like um, arts courses and things like that, that I wish I got to explore more of before just being like, oh, okay, I'm studying engineering and this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I feel like because of the way that Canadian schools are set up, where like um, you by I guess like grade 11 you should kind of know because that's how you pick your courses for the Mm -hmm. year it like forces kids to think again like you mentioned like forces kids to people to think about it really early on where I'm seeing people doing internships in high school because in order to get into like Waterloo Engineering for example you need like to work at a startup in like grade 11 and put that on your application so it's like very targeted I guess and like people have found that like if you have experience like work experience in tech then it's easier to get into like a tech major um so yeah I think like I mean the pros of that is that like if you do like that and that is something that you find fulfilling then you kind of are able to get a head start or like um work on projects earlier on um but I think yeah the cons are that I think most of us don't know like you mentioned mm-hmm. what we want to do and if you end up like tunnel visioning into a tunnel visioning into a major that you don't enjoy it's like hard to switch I think yeah also like when you're 15 years old you should be I having know, fun you like be a 15 year old <laughs> uh, yeah yeah wait so did you guys um do internships in high school in order to like boost your application no to Waterloo? no okay yeah um I guess to like now that we kind of know where each of us study like how we got into our programs and stuff um just to start off like how would you guys describe your college experience in a few words or like (laughs) like has it been a positive experience yeah I would say that my college experience has been very positive I was like not I was not looking forward to college when I when I like when I was heading there because I was going to miss all my friends and I was not going to know anybody there but like just the culture and like being able to make friends so quickly like Rice had a great orientation week that allowed me to meet me like meet a lot of people um and there were so many fun events and like I really vibed with the culture a lot yeah I definitely agree with Michael it's if I would have to say like a very positive experience I would say though that there were like a lot of lows in college but like the highs were always higher um so yeah, much more than like I guess high school. High school I feel like was just very stagnant, but um, in college it like fluctuates a lot. But overall, like I'm very thankful um, for my college experience. What kind of things stood out for orientation for you, Michael, or like fun events that happened? Um, so Rice's O week is I feel like very. I don't know. I feel like it's very unique because we have like, I guess other colleges have this kind of system too, where it's like you have like an O week group and it's like you basically what we have is like, it's you and like seven or eight other incoming new students. And you have like four or five advisors um, who are just upperclassmen. And at Rice, we have these things called residential colleges and you get randomly placed into one of the 11 residential colleges. Um, And that's basically like where you live and where you spend the most amount of time at least for freshman year and you can choose to live oc like off campus if you want to but a lot of people choose to stay and live in their residential college um and so it's kind of like a community it's like people people kind of like equate it to like the hogwarts houses in a way 
um, because there's a lot of like competition between the colleges in terms of like intramural sports and like um, just other events like that. Um, And so that was something that really appealed to me. um, And I'm really close and like involved in my residential college at Rice. Um, And like, so during O-Week, we were spent the entire week like at our college and like doing a bunch of fun events and like building our like our like spirit and like passion for our college. Um, And so there was just a lot of really cool events. Um, We would like learn chants that were like specific to our college and we would learn like anti chants against (laughs) the other colleges um, and that kind of stuff. That was really fun. Um, And Overall, like I know, uh, it, it really depends on the person. I know a lot of like I, I know OE can be a lot for some people because there are a lot of like really hype events that like can be really draining for some people. Um, but for me personally, I really I really enjoyed it, um, and it was like a really great introduction to college. Also because the group that I was with, it really forces you to literally like be with this group of like seven other new students for the entire week, and so you're just with them the entire time, and so it's pretty easy to like get close with them. Um, and so it like forced us to create friends, which was really nice. Are you still close friends with those people? Yeah, I actually am. I'm like, I literally live with like four or five of the people that were in my OE group freshman year, Uh which is like pretty, honestly, pretty rare. Like, I don't know anybody, any other like OE group that is still like that close. Uh Um, and I feel like we talk about it a lot about how close we got and people probably find it really annoying, (laughs) but, um. I think that, like, it is pretty common to be, like, somewhat close and still friends with your O-Week group. And something that we do during the year is, like, you have a week lunch. Like, you have a weekly lunch with your group, um, like, every single week at a specific, like, uh, date and time. Um, and, like, your advisors will, like, you know, set up, like, fun, like, get-togethers um, or, like, events for people's birthdays. And so you stay close with that group, at least for, like, freshman year. And then after that, it's, like you know, if, if the group is still close, then, like, you know, you might still, like, hang out with them and have, like, parties or that kind of thing, um, but it's really up to the group after that, and sometimes it doesn't work out, because it's, like, pretty, like, you know, the when, they, when they're putting the groups together, they kind of, you know, try to, like, match people, like, with their advisors and with their, like, uh, other people in their group, um, but, you know, it's, it's all, like, the people who are choosing, like, all they know is what they see on, like, the forms that all the kids submitted, so it's really, like, a toss-up, whether or not you end up being close with them or not. But I'm, I'm fortunate that I was very close with them. Yeah, that sounds like a great, I guess, like it's almost a forcing function in a way to make sure that you make friends in first year. Um, yeah. Are you still living in the residential colleges? Yes, I am. So my residential college is called Lovett College and I lived there uh, my freshman junior and senior year and my sophomore year I'd lived off campus but yeah it's very common at Rice and I think at a lot of like private schools for people to like stay living on campus for like the majority of their time um, in college Um, and it's really nice because um, I feel like we're like most residential colleges are like very like close and like there's a lot of like college pride I would say and so um, there's a lot of like fun events for your college so it's really nice to be on campus Um, and just being like really close to everything. Mm. What about you, Larry? What was your O-Week experience like? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think Michael kind of covered it. Honestly, I I think Duke's O-Week is very similar to Rice's O-Week. Oh, really? Or maybe, yeah, maybe a lot of like private schools, I think in America have very similar O-Weeks. But it was just like a week where they put you in like a group. Um, I actually don't know if I still talk to like that group that I was in. 
Um, but I think definitely it's a good way to just meet a lot of people at a time. I think a lot of people like it a lot, but then a lot of people are like overwhelmed because it's like it just moves so fast. Um, I think like the main thing is like people find it or people have a lot of pressure to like make close friends through a week because they think that like after a week, it's like hard to talk to people and like people start having like clicks where um, they like already form groups and then it's like hard to get into. So um, I feel like I definitely like handled it pretty well, but a lot of people were like really stressed um, by a week, I guess, and like um, making like their friend groups and stuff. Mm-hmm. How wholesome were your O weeks? <laughs> my O week, <laughs> my O week is actually really wholesome. I think I told Carol, maybe Michael as well, but I like, yeah, I was really wholesome my freshman year. I was, um, yeah, I was in like a long distance relationship, and um, I guess like my girlfriend at the time was like really wholesome. Um, and I think like <laughs> wait, so it wasn't because of Duke. It was because oh, of no, your it was definitely not because of Duke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely not because of Duke. But um, yeah, I think it was good though because I think like a lot of people like that I know like spent a lot of time like partying or like going out as much as possible. But I feel like mm-hmm. I feel like when you make genuine friendships, it's usually not through that, but rather through like like late night talks and like the dorms are mm-hmm. like. Yeah, just like w- the one-on-one conversations or like one-on-four, one-on-three conversations like that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm glad that like I feel like I joined and like got close with my friend group because like a lot of us were really wholesome in freshman year. We started being a lot less wholesome <laughs> later through college, but you guys evolved together. Yeah, but at least we 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 were close so that we were unwholesome together. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah that's interesting are there yeah. michael do you have any like crazy stories from a week or was it um, came? i guess like so for for rice a week is completely dry like no alcohol or anything but like um i don't know i feel like okay so the chance that we do during a week like that are like for our college and like the other residential colleges they're all are, like pretty dirty like in terms of like um they have a lot of cuss words in them. I don't know if I should repeat any of them because they're pretty inappropriate. <laughs> but so I don't know. That was when I first like heard that that heard the chance. I was like, yo, this is crazy. And I like did not curse at all in high school. And then like starting during O week, I started cursing. And I've like <laughs> so Rice really like brought it out of me. I guess <laughs> brought out some unwholesomeness. Um, but yeah, also when I was like when I was a new student, like when I was an incoming new student at Rice, I had like. I'd been in a relationship in like the end of my senior year of high school and we broke up in like May and a week was in August and I was still like really bummed out about it but a week really helped me to like recover from that um and I also kind of was like in this stage where I was like oh like I want to be in a relationship like right now which is kind of like a stupid mindset because it kind of I feel like it'd be a really bad idea to get into a relationship like the very beginning of like college um, but that did like almost happen. I like I did I I like, I I made out with one of the girls in my OE group like the last night of O week. Um but then like we were kinda like, wait, this would be a really bad idea because we just started college. So nothing ended up happening there and we're still really good friends. Um but yeah, so I guess that's how my O week was. It's okay. What happens during O week stays in O week. <laughs> No, yeah, literally. 
Wow. Yeah, a week for us was pretty... <laughs> a week is happening right now um, mm. as we record this. And my sister is in first year, and she's, like, reliving the experience. Oh. It's kind of like the same activities. But, yeah, ours was mm. really wholesome. And in Canada, the legal drinking age is... Eight, wait, 19? 19. Yeah. But, so, access to alcohol is a lot easier. But our school is not a party school. Me and Carol... Mm. Oh my god, I, wait, yes, I remember the story. Okay, okay you can tell us. So, um, I think it was like the fir- one of the last middle Thanks. nights, it was like yeah. a week di- week night, and um, me and Emily were like, oh, like we want to go meet other people and like experience our first party, <laughs> yeah. and we walked through all of campus, just like, whole, like we were just walking, talking, like it was dark outside, it was quiet, and I remember we spent like two hours yeah. just like walking aimlessly like at 1 a.m like where are the parties and we didn't find anything so we just went home yeah. and slept Damn. i'm sure um, there were parties that we just weren't invited to or didn't know oh, about yeah. maybe we're just there there know. weren't that many yeah. i'd say yeah yeah and in terms of like the orientation like activities i remember them being very like wholesome wholesome like summer camp vibes you know like we get like we we are also put in groups but they're like bigger groups like cohorts of like like 30 20 20 to 30 people so it's like kind of hard i think to like get close when it's like that many people like it only feel almost feels like you're in a class um Mm -hmm. and you have like a week leaders for each group but the spirit i think is probably not comparable to either you have no school spirit (laughs) literally none i think that's one of the biggest differences between like well, I guess one of the most, like, notable things I noticed about American schools is, like, how much school spirit you have. We went to, a, a, like, there's a football game that was part of our O-Week, and it was, <laughs> it was so lame. There, was, <laughs> yeah. there, there weren't even seats. We just sat on the grass of, like, this grassy field, and there was, like, I don't know how many people, like, 20 people total yeah. watching the game. And no one was focusing on the game. Like, we didn't know who we were playing against. Like, we were just there to, <laughs> oh like, because we had nothing else to do. Yeah. Um, Our football team was also really bad. Yeah. But, yeah, we have, like, no school spirit. Yeah. Um, I feel like at Rice, there's not a lot of school like i feel like there's not a lot of like rice spirit in terms of like um sporting events like a lot of rice students do not care about like the football team also our football team is pretty bad um it's mostly like college spirit um which is pretty funny like people care so much more about like the residential colleges than they do about like rice sporting events um and it's definitely like um i don't know i feel like it's a lot different at duke because duke is so much better at (laughs) so much better at college sports than rice is yeah i feel like it's definitely i would say for like sporting wise duke might be like one of the most i guess crazy about their sports um for like a private university like our uh i don't know if you guys know like ncaa well but duke basketball is um pretty regularly like the best or like the second best team in the nation so our football i mean our basketball events are definitely pretty crazy and stuff um yeah i feel like you get into like basketball and especially like duke basketball even if you were never like a basketball fan or even like a sports fan coming to duke it's like very ingrained in like duke culture um and like every year in the do you guys know unc Mm, the public uh university of north carolina yeah university of north Uh, carolina mm -hmm. yeah we have like a major rivalry between them um, because they're like also a top like basketball program, and then every uh, spring, 
um, around like February, we have something called Tenting, which is we, in order to get into the UNC versus Duke game, because it's like so competitive and um, the seats are like very limited, they cost like $10,000 each if you want to like buy in what? to a seat. Oh my god. At a Duke UNC game. And people game. pay for those tickets? Yeah, yeah. If you're like not a student, you have to like pay for them. But yeah, every year like a bunch of athletes and stuff are like celebrities come and watch. Um, uh-huh. But for a student, you have to tent for a month and a half to like go into the game. So like instead of living in your dorm at night, you tent outside of our our basketball oh stadium for like a month and a half, what? and you like rotate. Like each tent has like seven to ten people. It's like part of Duke oh, culture. Oh like this tenting, it's like organized by the school, but like heavily facilitated uh-huh. by like students. Um, so Whoa. we are like very crazy with our basketball. Um, yeah. Have you tented before? I have not. Um, last year was like, I guess my first real opportunity to tent because before that was like COVID, like cut it short or we didn't have tenting because of COVID. Um, but next year, if I stay for the spring, I definitely want to try tenting. Um, so is it like if you can't live or like if you like if you give up, you basically leave your tent and go back to your dorm and you lose your spot in line or something? Yeah, it's similar to that. It's like every tent has like seven people and then there has there's like certain rules like on the weekdays, uh, three people have to be in the tent at all times. So like you figure out like your class schedule <laughs> and then you like align it with like the other people in your tent so you can go to class. And when you're in class, like someone else is in the tent. Um, and then at oh. night, there's like tent checks where like they're called like tent monitors, which are like also, I guess, students, but like upperclassmen. Um, and they like go to each tent to make sure that there's like a certain amount of people in it. Otherwise, they like kick your tent out and then you won't be able to get into the game. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't imagine yeah. doing that for anything here. Is it like facilitated by the sports who I guess like manages or like sets up these rules? Yeah, it's definitely like Duke student sponsored so or no sorry duke programs duke student program sponsored so duke does sponsor and duke does encourage it actually because it's like it's i don't know when it started but probably in like the 80s or 90s like it's been um very heavily ingrained into duke culture and they do it like every single year so they they encourage Mm -hmm. it and they do help you fund like the tent i think i think they give out one tent per group so you would probably have to buy one on your own if you have like seven to ten people and then they like have a certain amount of rules and like all of it is um i guess structured by the university isn't just like students like waiting and stuff and like having a bloodbath with each other oh, very interesting do your schools have like marching bands or <laughs> i'm like we're both thinking of like high school like or no, like uh, movies of like college experiences. Yeah, like, cheerleaders. <laughs> or I talked to, um, I met this person who, I forgot what school they went to, but their school is really big on football. And they were talking about how because of that, they had crazy cheerleading and marching band teams <laughs> that would perform during those games. I don't know what the equivalent would be for basketball games or, yeah, yeah just in general. We do, but I don't think anyone really talks about them or like, they're probably not that impressive. I don't know about Rice. Yeah, we have, like, um, honestly, I feel like the, so we have, like, the mob, which stands for the Marching Owl Band. Um, that's, like, I don't know. I feel like they're pretty good, not going to lie. I feel like people care about mob more than they care about, like, the Rice football team, not going to lie. 
um, just because like people at Rice just don't care about sports that much generally. I feel like I I feel like I cared so much about sports in high school, and but like just being at Rice, like I don't really often go to any games. I would say, um, but like yeah, we have like a we have like a marching band. We have um, like a cheer team as well. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's still like school spirit, just not as much as like at other schools like at duke just probably like probably you should have came to duke probably. i should have came to duke i i feel like if i had gone to duke i would have been like one thing that i was like um sad about about going to rice was like not being at a school with a big that was like really good at sports because um i feel like I, I i still really enjoy like going to sporting events and like watching games with friends and i don't really do that hardly at all in college um and so I think, like, I think the fact that Rice is just not a big school for sports, like, they don't have, like, good teams, um, is, like, a big reason why people, like, don't, there's not generally a big sports culture here. There is one, but just not as, not that big. Yeah, I, yeah, we already kind of touched on this, but the sports culture at Waterloo is also, like, very dead, and... One of our roommates actually is on the varsity tennis team, which is pretty cool. And like, hopefully, we get to see her play sometime. Oh, this that's term. so cool. Um, so yeah, there are students and stuff, but the games and stuff are definitely not as marketed as much. Like, people don't really know about them unless like your roommate or like your friend is on the team or like you, I guess, played a lot of it in high school. Mm-hmm. There are also like intramurals um, that you can join, but I think just because like most of our friend group and most of the people at Waterloo focus a lot on like academics and also finding like co-ops and internships um there's just not a lot of time dedicated towards that usually i think that applies to like other universities in canada too like there's just so much less i think investment in canadian universities or by canadian universities into sports like sports recruitment um like for university isn't really a thing here in canada like maybe a little bit but like not to anywhere near the same extent that like U.S. schools recruit for athletes. Um, other than like sports and O week, though, are there like anything like anything else that stands out when you think back on your college experience or like things that shaped your growth in undergrad? I feel like one thing that I haven't talked about yet is like Rice's like. I didn't really talk about Rice's party culture. I feel like that's something that I like really enjoyed at Rice. Um, and I'm really happy now because like for the last two years, COVID was like, you know, very, very big. And so we didn't get to have a lot of like big parties, but they're all starting to come back now. Um, but it's so, so many things are happening now that were happening when I was a freshman that haven't happened since then. It's really cool. So like um, Rice has these like parties that are called Publix and they're basically like, public parties like public to the university not to like random people but like um it's public to all students and so they're basically hosted by the residential colleges um and they just happen like in like the common space in the college or something like that so we had like our first public uh martell college which is one of the residential colleges hosted it and it was like a don't mess with texas party um so everyone was like dressed up and like like flannels and like cowboy hats and cowboy boots and that kind of thing um and that was really really fun um and love it my residential college is hosting a public this upcoming saturday and it's uh the theme is like woodstock summer of love it 
uh, Woodstock was like a like a music festival back in like the 60s, I think. So it's kind of like 60s themed. Um, and so that's like really, really exciting. Um, I'm really like excited for all these parties to be coming back. I feel like Rice is not like a huge <laughs> party school. Like it definitely isn't. But I feel like I really enjoy the way that like parties happen. And like we have this thing called like the culture of care, which is basically just like it's like a very like comforting like environment surrounding like alcohol and drugs to where like you're basically just trying to like help everyone out like not shaming anyone if they like get too drunk or like throw up or you know overdo it or just making sure everyone's okay and like has water and like is having a good time um and there's also a lot of emphasis on like oh you can like still have fun at these parties even if you don't drink or don't do drugs or anything like that um and so i have a lot of friends who like don't do anything and they still come to like a lot of parties and are able to have a lot of fun um and that's something that I feel like is pretty wholesome, even though part of it is like drinking and being not wholesome, but it's still like a very wholesome like community of people, mm-hmm. like everyone caring for each other and making sure that everyone's like okay. And I feel like we also have like a pretty nice, I feel like this is probably common at other colleges, but like like a good like amnesty policy for, for alcohol. Like if um, like the school like encourages you, like even if you're underage and you're drinking, like they encourage you to like uh, still like call for help if you need it, like from like the like rice police department um and if you're drinking soft alcohol then there's like an amnesty policy where like you won't get in trouble if you were drinking underage and you had some issues um hard alcohol is like a different story and that's like not you there's no amnesty for that but like i feel like overall it's it's like a really great like community for partying in my opinion yeah that sounds really nice what's the consequence if you get caught or like you get caught with hard alcohol um that's a good question um i think one thing that can happen is that you can get rusticated which is like you basically like you can't live on campus anymore and you can't come to campus for any events except for your classes um for like the entire rest of the school year and i know that happened to someone at love it a couple of years ago because they had this party and there was like a punch at the party uh and he told people that the percent alcohol was a lot less than what it actually was um and then a bunch of people like got really sick and like threw up from it and he got rusticated for the whole rest of the school year um yeah yeah i feel like that is very different from duke um at duke like there's no i guess campus or like duke sponsored parties at like residential halls i think the majority of duke's i guess actual parties are hosted by like frats um like fraternities and sororities mm-hmm. um so like it's it's definitely very very different like i can't imagine duke like hosting a party um, Duke only hosts like the, the wholesome events or like the sports events. Um, but I think like in terms of like the policies, it's pretty similar, uh, at Duke as well. It's like, we have, so there's a Durham police, which is the city that we're, uh, that Duke is in, but we also have a Duke police. Um, and Duke encourages us to like call the Duke police, um, if we need like anything, um, because like, it won't be like. I guess on your legal record if you like are drinking underage or whatever um the policies are pretty i think pretty chill um and like if you get caught you just have to go through like uh i think like for very serious cases you could be like suspended for a semester and and whatnot but for the most part you would go through like alcohol training and like go through like courses on how to like drink responsibility and stuff like that um but yeah, I guess, I don't know if you wanted to talk about this now or not, but like the frat culture at at Duke. 
Um, I don't believe rice has frats anymore, right? Or just at ever? Yeah, rice. Yeah, rice never had frats. Um, but yeah, it's not Greek, Greek life is not a thing in rice. Yeah, I want to learn about Greek yeah, life. Yeah, me too. I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> I actually came into Duke at a weird time. When I first came in, Greek life was very dominant in Duke's like social life. I think somewhere like seventy percent of students were in Greek life. Um, but recently, uh, especially after COVID, Duke has made a very strong push to uh, remove like Greek life on campus, and through that, basically, like disaffiliating frats and like a lot. The majority of Duke's frats, except for maybe like one or two, disaffi- disaffiliated from the um, from the university, so they're like off campus now, and they host events off campus, um, and. Yeah, so I think like we're moving away from like Greek life, but I think that Greek life will always still be at Duke. And honestly, I mean, I'm not one to say much about like the university's policies and what like they're doing, but like I think it's it is like pros and cons of of like removing it. And I think one of the cons is that like when they're off campus, it's like harder to regulate frat and like fraternity events if they're off campus. Um, yeah, and then I guess to clarify. <laughs> What Carol said earlier about me being a frat, um, I say frat with like quotation marks because I'm in uh, a SLG is what they call it. And it's like, I think specific to Duke, a social living group where you're, I guess, basically like a fraternity that has like a purpose. Um, I'm in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're saying all the other fraternities. <laughs> okay, a purpose no besides purpose. drinking. It's just drinking. Besides consuming substances. Um, <laughs> but I'm uh, don't I'm, all Greek life. Oh, sorry, don't no, 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 Greek life. Like, isn't it marketed as like Greek life or, or like what's it called? I don't know. Like, you're supposed to do good or something, where you have to do like X amount of like social good events or something. Isn't that a big part of like the brand for Greek life? Or am I wrong? I do not believe so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I cannot say the fraternities at Duke are doing good. But I, I guess we do have one service fraternity that's mission is to volunteer and stuff in the local community. But uh, okay. yeah, that's, that's one of few. Um, but I, I would say like the main appeal of like a fraternity is uh, you get very, very, very close with the people in it. Um, they're like, I guess you call them like your brothers. Or, like for a sorority, it would be like your sisters. Um, and I have seen like, I guess some friends in fraternities, they've like developed very, very strong bonds um, with their like frat brothers, I guess. Uh, I'm in like slightly a different case, like my SLG, um, I guess, isn't like that intense. Um, and we're, we're like an entrepreneurship focused group. Um, and yeah, I guess like our events are definitely toned down or like our rush and pledge process. Have you, if you guys have heard of rush and pledge? Please explain. <laughs> okay sorry for boring you michael because i'm sure you know this information but, no you could <laughs> but um to join a frat uh or to join greek life in general since uh, slgs aren't frats you have to go through a rush process which is a two-week process um and there will be a rush chair a, a brother in the frat um a pledge master um who handles pledge and rush is kind of where you get to meet the members um so there'll be wholesome events for the most part, my org is like very wholesome. Um, we we're entrepreneurship focused, so we have like, so our rush events could be like, oh, meet the members and talk about your favorite startup, right? Like something. Chill. <laughs> Obviously, we do party a lot and stuff too, but we try not to like promote ourselves like that. Um, 
but uh, Rush is a two-week process, and then at the end of Rush, there'll be D-Libs, deliberations, where all the members of a fraternity meet together um, and kind of go through each uh, candidate, each Rushie, mm-hmm. uh, to, to determine based off of they, if, if we want to take them into the org. Um, almost like a big tech company, like deciding headcount. Um, <laughs> like some years we have more headcount, some years we have less. Uh, but, oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's kind of the process for Rush. But after you get in from Rush, you become a pledge, a pledgey, I guess. Um, and that doesn't mean that you're in the org yet. You have to go through pledge, which usually lasts for the rest of the semester. And pledge is like an extended process. It's not as intense as Rush. Rush is almost an event every single day. And you have to pretty much go to every event, I guess, to be competitive in Rush. But pledge is like maybe one event a week for the pledge uh, members. Uh, we call them a pledge class. And each week we like have different events for that pledge class to bond. And they have to like meet certain requirements as a pledge class in order to be uh, initiated into the fraternity or the SLG. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the process. Uh, it's, it's definitely very different from like, I guess, a club or organization where you just apply or like some clubs I know you can just join if you want. Um, it's like a very extended process and usually pretty competitive process to get into uh, Greek life. So do you also, like, if you get in, do you also live there for the rest of the term or... Like, do you have to be there for a certain amount of hours in a week? Yeah, um, there's, like, no requirements for the most part. Like, you you can choose to live in, like, the frat house, I guess. Um, or, like, for SLG, we call it section. Uh, but it's, like, pretty optional. At least for us, I don't live in section, and majority of my friends do not. Um, but it's nice to have a section because that's kind of where we all get together for events. Um, and it's, I know for fraternities, it's a lot more intense. Like, you have to be at certain events. Uh, but for my um, for my group, it's not that intense. Um, it's more so like we are we're a pretty small group, anyways. We're like 40, 45 people or so. So we, for the most part, like we come to events because we want to. Um. So like, what I guess, what does it mean to be part of a frat? Then? What? Yeah. Like <laughs> what I guess, right? There are like certain things you have to do, or like other um, than that. No, like, I mean that's pretty much events. it. Like once you get in, you just get in. Um, you usually like take a leadership position like the semester or year after you get in and you become like the rush chair or like the pledge master for like the new class of kids. Um, and one thing is like when you get in um, and you finish pledge, you're assigned a big. Um, I know Carol's mentioned like in some like orgs, maybe at Waterloo, they have like bigs and little or like mentee and mentor. But this relationship usually at frats are like is like very, very. I guess precious, like whoever your biggest is supposed to kind of be very close to you throughout your whole like college experience and be like a very close like mentor and a close friend. Um, so yeah, I like SOGs are def- definitely basically just everything I talked about with frats, but toned down. But I do have like a little, I actually have two littles um, and they're two <laughs> of like my uh, closest friends. Um, and uh-huh. yeah, that's definitely like, I think it encourages you to have someone who's like always there for you or should always be there for you. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, but in terms of like, after you get in, I guess it's just, if you want to show up to the events, you show up to the events. Um, for normal frats, it's like a lot of parties. Uh, for us, we have, we do have parties, but we also have like entrepreneurship, like events, like, um, like workshop, startup workshops and stuff like that. But 
yeah, I guess like other than like the fun stuff. What about the actual like school part <laughs> of college? Like how do you guys find like your courses? I don't know, like the academic rigor maybe at your schools or even like the work-life balance. Um, like, do you feel like I, it might just depend on the, the student too, but like, do you feel like students at your college are like very academic focused or like do people care a lot about their grades and what they're learning in school? Um, yeah, at Rice, I feel like, um, I feel like there's a good work-life balance in terms of, like, our academic course load, and I know that Rice is always, like, consistently ranked, like, near the top of, like, the country in terms of, like, uh, student happiness and that kind of thing, um, I do think people here, like, the students here do generally, like, like, Rice is, like, known as, like, an academic school, it's like a top 20 like academic university and so is duke obviously um and so like the people are like pretty like academic focused i would say but i think there's just um so many like other like fun there's a lot of like break activities like like random clubs will be like giving away boba for free or like oh come to like the like student center and there's gonna be like uh like late night food here uh that kind of thing um as far as like the rigor of the classes I feel like it really depends on like what you're majoring in and the student as well. Um, I think that like for me as a statistics major, um, I find my, uh, I'm not very fond of the statistics department. I feel like the professors are not the best in general. I did like the, some of the intro classes were like really amazing. Um, and like, I learned a lot from that. And then after beyond that, there's just so many like random like electives and things that you have to take where it's just like not very well taught and but I think one thing that's really nice is that within your major you're able to like find like make friends with a lot of other people in your classes because you'll be seeing the same people in your classes like especially in engineering where it's like there's such a strict like you know like um like course like degree plan that you have to complete and so everyone in your year will be in like the same classes as you and so in that sense like everyone will collectively be like we don't know what is going on so we're all gonna like you know collectively like work together on this i think that's one great thing about the culture at rice is that like it's not a lot of like uh i feel like it's not very competitive in terms of academics like everyone wants to help each other um and people like do care about their grades but i feel like it's not something that's like talked about a lot like people like comparing their grades on stuff everyone kind of just like wants to be helpful and like make sure that like you know if people if people like need help on something people will like help them with it um and it's very like um very collaborative in that aspect uh which i really like um and i also feel like i've gotten to take a lot of fun classes outside of my uh my majors um and so like at rice you are like required to take like three you're required to take like distribution classes which is like um there's like distribution one is humanities distribution two is social sciences and three is like stem uh, and so you're required to take at least three classes in each of those distribution groups um, and you can basically choose like anything you want it's like i know that at some schools there's like a strict like course plan where it's like you have to take these science class you have to take like a chemistry and a physics class and it's like not like that like if you're not a stem major you could choose to like take you could take like like you could take like an astronomy class you could take like um I don't know. You could take like a chemistry and a math class if you wanted to, but people don't generally do that just for fun. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's, I, I've gotten to take a lot of really cool classes. Like right now I'm in a class that's like uh, medical horror and film and literature. And it's been like a really cool like discussion class. And we literally just watch like horror movies for the class discussions. Um, 
And <laughs> I think it's going to be a really fun class. It's only been like, this is only the third week of class right now, but I'm really excited for that. Yeah, I would say similar, but um, yeah, I would say Duke is definitely not in the top of student happiness like Rice. Um, <laughs> but I would say that's for a lot of different reasons. Uh, I would say, though, it's very, in terms of like academic rigor, it's very, very dependent on what you're majoring in and studying. Like majority of like my pre-medical friends who are taking like these classes like orgo or like physics and stuff, I feel like have a ton of like work and stuff like that. Uh, but I do remember talking to Carol once, like looking at her schedule and then comparing it to mine. I, I would say I work like 10 times less than Carol, probably on average. <laughs> really? So in terms of like class hours? Well, class hours as well as like how much homework I have. Like outside of classes, I have maybe like three or four hours of work a week um, what? for like all of my classes. And like... Wait, three or four hours a week? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I... It's Tuesday night, and I've not had my first class yet this week. Um, but that's because oh. Monday was Labor Day. But, oh, wait, yeah, Labor Day was yesterday. Yeah, and then I didn't have classes today. Um, so I, I, I think, like, if you are in, like, CS, stats, like, anything tech-related, you have, because you, like, focus more on, like, getting internships and, like, that or whatnot, you don't really care as much about your grades. Um, and the classes in general are much easier I would say like overall, I have like one or two major courses a semester and then like two, um, two to three like, um, like general education courses, but I've almost never overloaded. So I've always had four classes a semester um, until this semester. Um, and yeah, it's like very, very light. Like I feel like, yeah, like I have to, <laughs> if I'm not recruiting, I have to like find stuff to do to like entertain myself. Um, but yeah, it's definitely very light. Like this semester, I'm also taking, I think the other thing Carol mentioned was like, you guys, if you're in a program, you're like only taking those specific courses. But like at Duke, because like it's similar to Rice, we have those general education um, requirements. Like we're able to take a lot of like cool classes. Um, this semester I'm in like digital photography. I'm in a houseplants class where we learn about like houseplants and then like grow our, our own. I haven't gotten my houseplant yet because it's like the second week. Yeah. Um, I'm in a basketball <laughs> class. Um, I'm in a forensic psychology class. And then I have one statistics class for my like major. Um, so it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely pretty chill. And I think a lot of it's like what you make of it. There are still a lot of students in like CS and stats and stuff that like work really, really hard to like strive to get like the best grades. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that like there's there's not much of a point to like work that hard. Like your grade would increase from like a A minus to an A or whatnot. But in the grand scheme of like the jobs that we're working in tech, it doesn't that GPA doesn't matter as much as like getting like practical experience um, in our careers. Um, Wow, I still can't believe only three or four, three to four hours of work in a week. Oh my god, that like <laughs> blows my mind. <laughs> Wait, how much do you guys work per week? How much? I mean, I, I think it, it changed. Like in first year, we I we think had, most like, people cared a lot about school, and also yeah, we had a lot, a lot of, of class school. hours. Like in first year, we had classes from like eight thirty until like five or thirty. Yeah, five, five. Yeah, and then. Oh, wow. After that, we would like work until like nine or later. I think later than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then if we wanted to do wow. like clubs or like when we had to like recruit, it was after those hours. So, yeah. Dang. Yeah. Those are long days. 
Wait, so yeah. like how many, how many like credit hours? Like how do you guys do it um, at your university in terms of like how many like hours you're taking or how many classes you take most, per like term? Most terms we need to take like two point five credits, and that each most classes are like zero point five. So most terms you have to take five courses, um, but we also have some classes that are like zero point two five credits. So like in first year we had like seven different courses one term or like six or yeah. seven different courses one term um, and even though they were like a quarter credit they still had like a lot of work so it like the amount of credits didn't necessarily always translate into the amount of work um, but after your first year it got better in terms of like course load but I would say like the minimum time you needed to complete assignments was still like pretty substantial like you still needed to do enough to pass the assignment right um, and like I would say, like you had to work almost like every day. Yeah. At yeah. Duke, four is like the standard. Like four classes a semester is a standard, and then five is overloading, and then f- above five point five classes, you have to get like the dean's approval. So it's pretty crazy here, and y'all say like the six dean. and seven. Um, like we have, yeah. Like at most, we have like two or three classes a day. I think my schedule this semester, I have two days where I have two classes and then the rest of the days I have one class so if I was not like recruiting or doing like stuff with like my clubs and stuff I feel like I would have nothing to do dang yeah so overall do you guys say like work-life balance is pretty good um yeah I would say so do you guys think it's for you guys is it not 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 as good I think it, it it also depends, but I think the average Waterloo student probably puts in a lot of hours for school, like finding internships. Another, I guess, like unique thing to our school is the co-op program. Um, We've talked uh, like briefly about this in like previous episodes, but um, one of the biggest reasons why people go to Waterloo and why I think both of us applied too was for this like co-op program um, where... If you're in a co-op program, you basically have like up to six, sometimes up to five, um, like co-op terms that you can take or internships, and some it depends on your program, um, like when you have those terms lined up. Um, but when you graduate, you could graduate with up to two years of work experience, which is like really great if like you want to get ahead in terms of your career. Um, so I think that's also probably shaped a lot of like why the culture is what it is, and like there's a lot of like pros to that. Like I think. Most of us have are pretty comfortable with interviewing now, like recruiting, and um, we have a lot of experience working in the industry, and like I guess like time to figure out what we want to do for work because like within those internships you can work at like different types of companies, different types of work as well. Like you could do like a consulting job even if you're in engineering and like find that that's what you're passionate about. But yeah, um, but then it like also means there's more work because every term or most terms you're also recruiting at the same time as doing school and also trying to like balance your social life and so I think in most cases with Waterloo students because like school and the job hunt takes up so much time like that like social part just kind of like slowly diminishes a little bit um yeah it depends on the person like it depends on what you prioritize as well um but I would say like the past four years have definitely been like the busiest most hectic (laughs) years 
Um, I guess another pro that comes out of that is like learning how to manage your time well and like deal with stress. Um, but yeah, I think it would it would have been nice to, I guess, have more time to relax and stuff, which hopefully we'll have more time for in fourth year. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone has been telling me like whenever I ask anyone like what advice do you have for like going into senior year, going to my last year, everyone's just been like, oh, you should just say yes to everything. Like make sure you're like enjoying your time as a student. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to like sort of follow that <laughs> but I think right now with the whole like climate of like recruitment and stuff it's also been hard to balance everything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> says the four meta interns <laughs> um anyways um I guess like looking back to kind of wrap up the episode and like the discussion um is there anything that you would have done differently um would you still have gone to rice and duke um like any like major takeaways from being at your college <laughs> do you want me to start first yeah go for it okay um yeah i i don't really have many regrets i guess the main thing was like maybe freshman year i could have um or like long distance relationships usually don't work out and maybe freshman year i should have like done more <laughs> um <laughs> done more to like i guess I don't know like get more like out there and stuff but I definitely like started doing that in sophomore year like sophomore year is when I joined like my SLG um and and like took leadership positions in like different orgs um so yeah looking back like not much uh I've really enjoyed my time thus far at Duke um mainly through like my close friend group um who I uh live with and some of them um I live very close to like they live in the other dorm um as well as like my girlfriend that i've like met in sophomore year um so yeah overall like a very very great like college experience yeah i agree i definitely would i'm very glad that i attended rice like i wouldn't change that at all i don't think there's really anything that i would change i feel like i made a lot of like mistakes in my first few years of college but i've learned that like it's okay to make mistakes and they were good for like my like development like becoming more mature becoming like more sure of myself um and another thing that i'm really glad that i did is just like putting myself out there and trying so many things like i feel like i i'm i'm a pretty introverted person i would say but i feel like i tried so many different things that like i would never have seen myself doing in high school like being like an advisor for like a group of students like I don't know I never would have done that before and I'm so glad that I did because I it was just such a fun opportunity so just like trying new things learning from my mistakes like everything that I've done so far I'm really glad and I'm I'm feeling pretty sad and sentimental that it's my senior year but you know hopefully it'll be a good one what about you Emily (laughs) um no, I don't think I have any regrets either. Um, yeah, I feel like the past few years of university have definitely been like the most most growth I think I will probably do. Uh, or like, I guess like these couple of years, like so much has happened, like so many experiences, so many people. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I don't know like when, I feel like that opportunity like doesn't come up as much after college right like at what like you're not going to be surrounded by so many people your age and like have a chance to like do so many things and have I guess relatively less responsibility 
so yeah i don't know i i think overall even though even though like i would say i wish there was more emphasis on like the college experience rather than like just studying and finding a job here at waterloo um i still think yeah i still think it's been like a fun past couple of years and yeah hopefully in this last year it'll be even better (laughs) yeah 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 i think you said like most of the things that i also want to talk about being at waterloo um yeah it's definitely been a very rigorous like couple years but like similar to like michael's experience too like i think i was also very introverted i think i still am very introverted um but in, in high school like i was not as i think comfortable trying new things I think, like, Emily was also a big part of, like, pushing me in first year to do a lot of things. Um, But, yeah, like, throughout, like, undergrad, was able to be a part of, like, a lot of different organizations and communities and groups. And somehow in this, like, very academic and somewhat competitive school was able to find, like, my community and build really good friendships through that. So it, I feel like we've been, like, down, talking down on Waterloo a lot in this episode. And it definitely hasn't been, like, a bad experience. I think Mm -hmm. it's just, like, it may not be for everyone. Um, there are definitely like pros and cons to it. And you can find, I think, your group and you can build really great relationships and friendships um, within your cohort, within like clubs and different organizations you join. And yeah, I definitely think it's been like the most growth I've experienced. Like I, like career wise, but also like personally. Um, yeah, I think I'm a lot more like confident now and like comfortable um, in my own skin and like I think Waterloo, like, as much as it might be, like, slightly toxic that, like, we talk so much about jobs and stuff, like, I think it definitely sets up, sets you up for success um, when you graduate. So I'm really thankful for that as well. Okay, I think that wraps up the end of this episode. Thank you, Michael and Larry, for joining us today. It was really great hearing about your experiences. I feel like we've talked about this in other conversations as well, but, like, we haven't, like, dedicated, like, an hour or something like that to speak specifically about our college experiences so it was really cool getting to like dive deeper into certain topics like culture and like partying and sports and academics and stuff like that so yeah hopefully you guys had a good time too um but thanks yeah thank you guys so much honored to be featured on the podcast (laughs) Thank you for listening to today's episode. Subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. New episodes will be coming out bi-weekly on Mondays. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast and on Twitter at HelloRealWorld underscore to stay updated. If you have any comments like feedback, topic requests, or anything else, you can leave it in the Google form found in our link. Bye!